Hello, and welcome to another episode of the Latest Shiny Podcast. Uh, I am your host, Rob Hirschfeld, and we have a special guest, uh, somebody who um, I've had a chance to interact with quite a bit over the years, uh, Mark Collier, uh, who is the COO of the OpenStack Foundation. And they have been going through huge transformation um, as the market changed, as the, as the foundation changes. And um, it, you know, I wanted to be able to get Mark you know, on the show so he could talk through what that transformation means and how he sees uh, OpenStack, OpenStack community, open infrastructure communities growing. So Mark, welcome to the show. Thank you, it's great to be on. Boy, you and I are, are both Austinites, although I don't think we, we see each other much in Austin, except maybe uh, I see Jonathan and Lauren running around the trail. Uh, they run counterclockwise, I run clockwise. So <laughs> That's funny. Yeah, I, I, I like to walk the trail, but I'm not a big runner. So, you know, you'd have to slow down to, to, to run into me down there. The uh, one of the th if, if for people who aren't from Austin, if, if when you get a chance, come do the Town Lake Trail. It's a it's a big thing for us, but everybody has a direction they prefer. So you see people based on whether you run counter or walk counter to them. And that's sort of a very Austin thing, I think, to cross yeah, people in the trail. It's important to have a have a preference, I guess. I've been I've been out a little bit from the OpenStack community. I, I missed Berlin. It was my first one to miss. Um oh, well, I know that was a big miss. We we, we, we missed it. you. Yeah, no, I was I was watching by remote, um, and it was a it was a big show because I you know OpenStack expanded, um, and I'm interested in your take. I, I I sort of think of it as expanding the tent. Um, what what happened? What did OpenStack do? Yeah, so I, I think that one of the things that um, is really important to kind of draw a distinction um, draw a distinction around which we, was never been necessary before, but now it is, which is there, there's OpenStack, the software. I mean, the word OpenStack means so many different things, depending on the context. There's an OpenStack community, there's OpenStack, the software for automating your data center, and there's, um, you know, the OpenStack Foundation. And they, they've all been sort of, um, real, obviously, interrelated concepts around uh, around ultimately building building software was always the, the purpose of it and still is. Um, but I think that what has started to happen is inside of the community um, and, and inside of the OpenStack Foundation, which is kind of evolving to to try to support the community and just the, the broader market, um, there's just there's more open source than ever in in the world and certainly in cloud computing and automation of data centers. And so but what's what's really happened kind of in the in the grand scheme of things is that if you look in a in an automated data center today you may see openstack but there are lots and lots of other pieces and so in the, in terms of open source as it relates to to cloud it's it's a much bigger world than just openstack and so a lot of what we talked about and what you saw kind of in the headlines and stuff coming out of our summit in Berlin was about kind of the bigger picture. So um, as a foundation, uh, we are evolving to support people that want to build tools that uh, that are helping automate different pieces of the cloud um, environment that are you know above and beyond or outside of um, or built built on or around OpenStack. And you know, in some ways that's just kind of reflecting the reality of of how much open source there is out there. And and you know, you mentioned the word tent, and I think 
that's definitely a uh, a word that that's been been used in terms of uh, OpenStack's history, um, both the foundation, the community. We had a a thing that people called the big tent at one time several years ago, and I think that it, just to kind of jump into um, where I think we're evolving. You know, back at the time, there was somewhat myopic view, I think, in retrospect, looking back, that as the OpenStack community, when we thought about, hey, cloud computing and open source, that goes in OpenStack. OpenStack is open source infrastructure as a service. There's so many new things people want out of their cloud, put it in OpenStack, put it in OpenStack, put it in OpenStack. And that, yeah. what, what, that, what that ultimately led to was just lots and lots of sprawl, lots of projects. In, in sort of inside of this big tent. And, and I think the realization we came to over the last few years is that um, you don't need to put everything inside of one thing called OpenStack. It, it, it's, it's actually counterproductive. And so there was a, a lot of realization that, you know, that was confusing to the market. It was confusing to a lot of people to just kind of try to shove everything under this, you know, this term OpenStack and so uh, what, what we've started to do is to help people that, that do want to develop in the open in a similar fashion or a similar methodology uh, in terms of open collaboration as OpenStack was developed. But they don't actually, the thing they're developing shouldn't go into OpenStack. It, it can be in the OpenStack sort of summit or community. We can talk about the evolution of the summit, but um, it doesn't really belong in OpenStack proper. So that, that's kind of the big, the big difference here in terms of, some of these new pilot projects. We have four pilot projects now that are focused on solving problems, um, you know, related to, to automation and infrastructure uh, that aren't part of OpenStack, but they are happening inside of kind of the tools and processes of, you know, that, that were established by OpenStack. So right. I'll, I'll take a breath now and you can. <laughs> you know. Well, there's, and there's, there's a ton of, there's a ton of pieces to, to decompose on this because, um, Boy, and it helps to have a lot of history. So I want to be careful that I don't I don't just jump jump straight through for the history. The the things that you're describing, I remember at the Sydney summit, which was a year ago, um, being things where where we really did start to say, hey, there's there's a need for community, um, which to me is as as important as open, right? So there's there's license, which I think OpenStack has some opinions on. And I want to talk to you about, but you know, community. Do you feel like community and license are are you have to have one to have the other, or can can we have a a, a community that forms, um, you know, around something that that has a different license or a variant license? Yeah, that's a great question. I, and I apologize if I cram too much into the first answer, no, but um, it's all good. I'll, I I took notes. I'm gonna we're gonna we're gonna decompose. Uh, I, I have you know obviously a lot of time to think about the stuff, but I think that. Um, you know, one of the things that we that I, I talked about in my keynote in Berlin um, a couple months ago was specifically about the way that we do uh, open, you know, open collaboration inside of historically inside of OpenStack. And we, we call them the four open. So one of them is open source, which is, as you said, the license. One of them is open community and they are different. And whether you could do one without the other, I mean, you can certainly do open source without open community. Can you do open community without open source? Um, probably. I hadn't thought about an example, but I would think so. And and just to you know throw the other two out there is open development and open design. And if, if you want, we can dive into them. But they're each of them are sort of like um, 
I kind of think of them as, as leveling up as you go into collaboration. Like each one's a little bit more difficult actually and more rare to, to pull off than the other. I mean, open source is sort of the, you know, it's gone from being a, a really radical thing to kind of very much accepted, but, but some of the other forms of openness are harder for people to kind of ad adopt, I think. Um, so yeah, they are sort of independent and different aspects of, of how you create software in the open. Yeah, it's it's an interesting challenge because I, I know from my early days in, in the OpenStack community where I think it's done in a, in a very all-in perspective, um, yes. there are times when I've seen open source communities that are peripheral to proprietary pieces. I think Amazon's ecosystem is doing amazing things from an open for open source in general, um, but at the same time, lately we've seen cases where it's also eating the revenue options for the people who are creating open source. Um, and mm -hmm. so this, there's a sustainability question around mm -hmm. that, um, and it's ultimately one of the one of the. Shall I, and I, I won't. I, let's let's be linear. Uh, you know, do you do you see uh, a sustainability model? in this right with the four opens right we talk about having an open community and collaboration and design and, and having all these things happen in, in public spaces which I, I think is really important mm -hmm. uh at, but at the same time that there's a lot of time people's you know time and being invested here um how do you how do you make all that open become a commercially viable thing yeah i mean i think that it's a extremely important question and, and i definitely don't have all the, the answers and it's also you know very much um in a state of flux as, as you mentioned um yeah. there there's there's kind of the the big three you know public cloud providers in particular you know amazon being the biggest um that a lot of people would say are kind of eat, you know eating the monetization or or making most of the money to put it more simply without necessarily putting <laughs> a commiserate amount of investment back in and i think that's absolutely fair and and accurate and that in people that would say hey that's a threat to sustainability of open source thing is a very valid fear um there are a lot of different um you know notions starting to, to come around in terms of licensing that are attempts to address that and i think we can we can put a pin in that and dive into that later if you want but um i, I honestly don't know that i have like the magic answer, um, but in terms of the the way that we have historically done it, I do I think you're right. The open stack community um, has um, approached openness in, in a uh, I guess a I don't want to use the word extreme, but I would say very committed. Um, um, you know, I guess uh, on the spectrum, more towards open than, than a lot of them. I mean, that there are lots of open source uh, tools for which there's one company really that 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 dominates not to say that that's you know right wrong or indifferent but but i would say a characteristic of the openstack way if you will is you know multiple companies kind of involved um in terms of, of monetization and, and whether you know in the mm -hmm. long run um that's you know that's the uh, the the right model or the only model uh, remains to be seen but I, I do think sustainability you know ultimately being means being able to survive changes in the environment and I think OpenStack has excelled at that. You know, we've seen companies um, enter and exit and new companies come in from different, you know, different backgrounds and different regions. So if, if one company, you know, abandons 
ship, so to speak, is your project in peril? You know, I would say that's that would be a bad situation. Um, but, you know, a, as it stands with OpenStack, it, it's still one of the top three most actively developed projects in all of open source. Um, so the, the, the kind of portfolio or diversified model of having lots of people um, working on it and, and working to build business around it, I think can work. Um, but, but I do think it's, it's not going to fit every scenario. Uh, that was one of the things that I think is both a pro and a con for the for the big tent pieces is that um, it you know it made OpenStack resilient if you know a company that was sponsoring something in the big tent went away and a project sort of died with it then it didn't it didn't make you know it it, it created some disturbance but it didn't it didn't overall you know overwhelm the project it was it was very distributed from that perspective at, at, at the same time it felt like it it didn't create a very focused um you know i love the word core but it it, <laughs> it uh and that, that i say that you know at, at the time we, we we were trying to avoid call, saying there was a core component but it 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 also diluted what the message was because individual companies would market their their participation on one one region, one sub part of the project, and the whole okay. the whole project was not as clearly delineated as a consequence. Yeah, and, and I and and I think that you uh, that that's absolutely right. I think you're you're right. I think that um, in a lot of ways, um, the the big tent was a mistake. Um, you know, not not sort of in a binary way of you know it's all good or all bad, but but I do think that. Um, uh, that losing definition around the core, um, looking back on it was probably a mistake um, because for just a lot of reasons, I mean, you want to build a core is something you build around. And, and I think that um, if you th think about how we're approaching it now, I do believe, you know, we've learned some lessons that were, were uh, that are influencing our current approach in the sense that um, there isn't as much, um, activity to add new things to OpenStack. The idea with some of these newer projects is to build around a core, an OpenStack core, and these other these other components, whether they're for CI/CD or for container security or or edge computing, are really meant to build around that core. They're not part of OpenStack, but but you're right. I, I think that um, losing some focus and the ability to clearly communicate what is OpenStack was a casualty of of that approach and i i think that we're better off sort of going a different direction now yeah i i, I think that that's that's important it, it's funny because going back to the very formation right um there wasn't a technology big tent there was a um a contributor big tent and so there were there were design decisions made you know baked sort of baked into OpenStack to encourage um you know, a lot of a lot of people that have influenced a lot of companies to have their pieces and parts injected. Like we had Zen and VMware and Hyper-V right on day mm -hmm. one. Those were all things, that, you know, so instead of having sort of the, the more focused, you know, KVM, KVM, KVM story, um, you know, the, the goal was always to have a, a, a broader piece. And and one of the, the, the slings and arrows, I know that the, the you know, this is a design choice. OpenStack doesn't have a benevolent dictator um, mm -hmm. to sort of stand mm -hmm. up and 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 say no. You know, this shall not pass. Um, and it it but and there's not that's not good or bad. Just like the Big Ten thing wasn't good or bad. It's it's a recognition of of a design strategy that goes into it. And, and sometimes it makes things confusing, and sometimes it makes things awesome. 
Um, so one of the one of the things in the four opens that that I notice really stood out to me from a license perspective is it starts with OpenStack is not open core, um, mm-hmm. which means something different than what we were just talking about. Uh, you know, given some of how people think of monetizing OpenStack now, you know, years after OpenStack has been started, how do you see that? That what is why, why is that statement the first line? Reason why at the very beginning, um, and again, you know, OpenStack was created two years before we had a foundation, which is another just kind of detail. But but <laughs> you know, the, the formation of the project was um, it was very important early on to say we are not open core, and and what what that you know means um, in terms of the context of what mattered was that um, there the way that we wanted as a community. For OpenStack to proceed was such that there wasn't. If if a user wanted something and they wanted the system to do it, we we wouldn't want to be in a situation of saying no, don't we don't want that code. We're going to reject that patch or we're going to reject that idea, that blueprint, because we're planning to have that in our enterprise proprietary version, or mm. it's already in there. We want to put it there in the future. And some of the the other projects honestly, that, you know, that existed in the space before OpenStack had that approach. And I'll so say eucalyptus. Some of the, you don't, you don't, I won't force you to say it. Okay. <laughs> All right, no, it was eucalyptus. Yeah, so, I mean, uh, like, it's really interesting to me to think about the conditions that cause people to start a new project in a space where other projects exist. And you, you can see this in all kinds of other, you know, config management, for example. But, um you know, there, there are lots of, of cases where like a new project comes along and you say, you know, why? Well, one of the, the reasons this happened and why it's, you know, not wanting to have open core was, was, a, was in part related to a reaction to, you know, why the project started in the first place, which is Eucalyptus, you know, had an open core model. And, and, and there, were, there were users of, that, of the open source Eucalyptus uh, tool who tried to submit patches this is secondhand you know what this is what they told me it wasn't me personally but they, they said look we we wanted to to add you know xyz feature to the eucalyptus open source and we were told no we don't want that patch because that's a feature that's inside of the the paid proprietary version so you know um again I'm, i think that was it was clear early on that the OpenStack community and the people that wanted to come around and create this in the first place, did not want to recreate that uh, history. They wanted to say from the beginning, we are going to take in code that solves problems uh, related to this domain. It's not going to solve every problem, but if, you know, that's why you have to have a clear mission statement and we can get into a whole rat hole of mission statements, but basically, you know, trying to build a cloud platform for, you know, infrastructure as a service. If it's, if it's relevant to that, we're probably going to, want to take it um and and if we said no it wouldn't be because we're somebody involved in this wants to create like a paid proprietary version and th- this is a really hard problem in in open source i, I think we're we're seeing a, a whole uh fleet of of people weighing in with opinions on what the right way to commercialize open source or i saw some some articles shaming people who have open source uh projects that they don't they can't monetize and and i i i equally distressed about sort of the, if you don't know how to do it, you're a bad business person type of thing. Um, and so going back and looking on it, it's, it's really important. I, I, I do think, and I'm, 
you know, and, and this is a little tangential to open source, open stack, but at the same time, I think that, you know, to run a foundation well, you have to, you know, keep an eye on people in the foundation getting getting commercial benefit because they're sustaining they're sustaining the project, they're sustaining the foundation. Is there something special you look out for from that perspective, or or advice you would give people who are, are looking to be part, you know, be part of a monetizable component for open infrastructure? Um, yeah, that's a good question. And it's something I definitely think a lot about, but at the same time, I don't know that I, <laughs> I have like a ready-made answer. Um, I think that, you know, one of the things that, um, that we think about is uh, when it comes to building a platform is it's, it's solving a common problem that lots of people have. And I think that, you know, um, in terms of how people are going to adapt their business models, you know, it's not necessarily something that's, that's op an open source only problem. Um, you know, and, and what's what the, the broader thing that's actually happened is this kind of operations world where, uh, you know, everything is being delivered as a service. And, you know, it, it, it is true that if, if you were able, if you had the, the magic key and you could look under the hood at Amazon Web Services, you'd most likely find a massive amount of open source. But even if it was all proprietary, it's still sort of the same challenge, right? It's like someone's operating something as a service. How are you going to compete with that? And, you know, you can also operate as a service. Um, but, you know, I guess I would say that the, the fact that, that services are, are, uh, competing with sort of a traditional software as a service is competing with software not as a service is probably like a another trend that that isn't necessarily like directly related to open source but um but it, it, it's related to monetizing the business of writing bits <laughs> um that, that is definitely something everyone's grappling with at the same time and so i think it, it's sometimes it's hard to tease apart the the, the way software is getting written and the fact that it's open source with like who's making money on it. But I, I do think that if, if we end up in a world where um, everything's delivered as a service and there are only three companies doing it, that's probably a really bad place for anyone that's not one of those three companies. Um, Including those three companies tell you, to tell you the truth based on how, what, how they pick up new, new ideas and new technology. It's not all coming from them. Oh yeah. That's a very good point. Yeah. So they that's that's a really good point so in the long run if the well dries up for for all the innovation that they're that they're productizing then that wouldn't be good for them either so i i don't know i might be going off on a tangent from your no question. i i think because i i think that it's easy for people to lose sight when they they talk about open stack right or they talk about where you want to go with open infrastructure and i want to i want to talk about the other projects a little bit to to forget what we're trying to do which is innovate build software, right? To and and it's it's software at the end of the day. If it's all services and all behind the scenes is a proprietary, you know, as a service offering, then you know, we're we're not going to see that amount of innovation because it's at the end of the day when you're running a, a service, um changing that service in the it need you need pressure to to want to change it. Um and yeah. it's just that's that's markets. Um, and I, I think it's easy for people to to get confused about that. Um, you know, I also think on the flip side, I think it's it's hard to uh, for and we saw this right in the OpenStack days, uh, and I was guilty of this too. There were we had a ton of these installer wars, um, <laughs> yeah. Where where the you know the utility 
that, that created some of the tragedy of the commons um, components that you were talking about where, where you know, OpenStax core for opens is designed to sort of minimize the tragedy of the commons problem where everybody sort of goes and fixes their enterprise pieces and, and the, the core of the system gets smaller and smaller and smaller um, or isn't maintained. Uh, yeah, boy. So, so I, you know, I think that there's some balance with, with those pieces and you're, you're doing a good job illustrating it. Um, boy, I have a couple of things that I wanted to talk about. One of, one of the, the weird ones, uh, while, before we jump to the, the new infrastructure projects is this in versus out thinking, um, that I, I think is super important to sort of take on and, and ask about, um, one of the things that, 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 you know, can be a challenge in a community like OpenStack that, that I feel like um, really embraces itself, I, I think, which is good, but it has, it has a tendency to then say, well, you're not in the community. You're, 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 you know, I don't want, you know, you, you have to come in before we'll talk to you, or you have to come in before you're, you're embraced as part of the open source, our open source efforts. How mm -hmm. do you, how do you navigate your community and and having an identity for that community inside of these broader open stack opens inside of these broader open source ecosystems like kubernetes yeah. is a good example yeah i think it's a great question and i think that you know it, it's actually something that frustrates me from time to time because um i'm i'm a big believer in looking at the bigger picture and that you know the idea of like segregating people into specific communities based on their their project allegiance drives me crazy a little bit i mean there's a, a sense in which in from a day-to-day -day perspective yes you're on a smaller team but if you actually look at the people adopting all this technology there's a massive number of people that are adopting kubernetes and openstack together mm -hmm. and if we act like they're just completely siloed and we never talk then we're obviously doing the, a disservice to the people who actually want to use this stuff. And I, I think I said a couple, couple of years ago at one of our summits that it's sort of collaborate or die is the, is the situation in modern technology. And if you're not willing to look outside your, your little bunker, then you're going to ultimately be, be obsolete. And so w one of the things we've tried to do and you know, the summits for those who are not as familiar, it's, it's our event that we do twice a year and we kind of move it around the world. Um, you know, it's it's an effort to next get one's people in, next together. Next one's in. Next one's in. The next one's in Denver, the uh, end of April yeah. in in Denver, Colorado, um, and then we'll be going to China in the fall for the first time, first time ever. So, so yeah, we we move them around. Um, hopefully, everybody on this uh, who's listening can come to Denver. But but that's a big opportunity for us to bring people together to talk about the tools, regardless of kind of which which open source community they come from or, or that the person is, you know, involved in day to day. So we've had people talking about Kubernetes in keynotes on an OpenStack you know, summit stage for three and a half years, you know, four years, almost as long as there's been a Kubernetes. So we try to kind of lead by example, I guess, as best we can to invite people in to speak, to be part of sessions, to lead sessions, to participate. Uh, so that's, you know, that's obviously just the in-person piece. There's a lot of things that go on offline. There's a, a Kubernetes um, SIG that is about um, helping within sort of the Kubernetes communities collaboration model, helping figure out how Kubernetes interacts with different clouds. And so, of course, there's always been that the Amazon Google 
Microsoft piece of that, but in the last year or two, um, Chris Hodge, who's, who's a part of our community and our foundation has been real involved in uh, helping within the Kubernetes SIG to get OpenStack as a first class citizen. So today, when new code comes into Kubernetes, in the gate is a test to make sure it works with OpenStack in the same way it's done historically with Amazon and others. So those are some examples um, where I think we're, we're, we're in, in a, and as our foundation as well, just not focusing solely on what projects we quote unquote host, but just focusing on the integration efforts and the testing and the cross community stuff. Looking at the open infrastructure, because the OpenStack Foundation broadened its mission uh, quite a bit to to bring up, you know, sort of companion projects. Um, some of those are very, are still very OpenStacky. Um, mm-hmm. You know, where where they're really about OpenStack as the as the core thing, and then some of them are are not. They're they're uh, things that have rolled out of OpenStack or or completely mm-hmm. adjacent technologies. Can you give a little background on on where what those are and 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 where you see them going? Yeah, yeah, absolutely. So, so the first project, um, the pilot project we um, started talking about a little over a year ago, is called Kata, and Kata is a secure container project. Um, in, in short, it you know the historic history of it is it it was originally um, being developed as Intel's Clear Containers initiative, and then a, a company called Hyper um, was was created um, run V. And so these two pieces came together and it's essentially, um, you know, the speed of containers and the security of virtual machines. So it's a lightweight VM that gives you kind of that the security people really need if they are in a production environment, especially, you know, multi-tenant with the container without the whole weight of an entire VM. So so Kata is, you know, something that's very applicable to OpenStack users, but it's also very applicable to, to anybody operating a cloud. And there's been a lot of interest been shown from other cloud providers. Um, there's a, a, a person from Google is involved in the project, some folks from Microsoft and Amazon who are getting involved. So so it, it's meant to be an industry enabler that will certainly benefit OpenStack users, but it's not sort of tied exclusively, uh, you know, to OpenStack. This is the struggle I have from where open infrastructure sort of lines up is that, you know, something like that, you know, having the OpenStack tight affiliation with the OpenStack brand can be a distraction. Um, whereas, and, and that's this, I guess, is the, the thing I'm trying to figure out is is how mm-hmm. how much in the OpenStack orbit are these projects because in some cases I feel like they're 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 very tightly in the orbit. In some cases, like Kata, they're they're out of the orbit. Mm-hmm. Yeah, um, yeah. I mean, I I think to some extent, um, you know, if people find it distracting, then perhaps over time that will that will that will wane. I mean, certainly, um, you know, if you look at the totality of every project that's that's inside of in some way that the overall Linux foundation structure that may or may not have like a, an obvious tie to Linux, um, you know, or the Linux kernel, let's say, you know, is that distracting? I mean, maybe it was in the beginning and now nobody asked that question anymore. So to a certain extent, like, I think just um, Mm. proving that what we're doing is just helping open source projects succeed, hopefully um, that are related to infrastructure over time, people will just say, well, that's, you know, um, the, the foundation is as the foundation does and, and not get 
sort of distracted by the word OpenStack. Um, and, and, you know, the fact is Kata is not OpenStack. It's Kata and it has its own website. And it has its own technical governance. So, um, you know, I think maybe there's there's a temporary phenomenon where people might be confused just because of, of the fact that the foundation, um, you know, originally uh, was set up just for OpenStack and now it's hosting other projects. So I think it could be a temporary phenomenon. Uh, it's it, to me it's a, it's a dilemma because I've been in some of the OpenStack ecosystem pieces like the Edge ones, um, and I was you know I was sort of very excited with Edge originally um, because I you know I, w sort of with those same expectations, and and part and Edge just sort of drifted into a make OpenStack work on the Edge group, which is which is fine it, that, if that's the right thing. Uh, I just it, it's interesting to me to think through, you know, sort of the sponsorship that OpenStack needs to give to get projects successful, and then having open infrastructure where you're like, well, you know, it doesn't have to be OpenStack, or it might OpenStack might not be the right fit. Um, mm -hmm. And I, I think that that's, you know, you and I have talked about this in the past. I'm I'm sort of reiterating for the audience. Um, to me, the, the 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 challenge of OpenStack increasing the mission. Is to mm -hmm. figure out how to how to welcome people in who are like, I don't want to use OpenStack here. I still want to be part of the community. How do you how mm -hmm. do you how do you make sure that those voices are heard? Yeah, it's a good question, and I think I think um, you know I know you were involved in one of the first the first actually um, event that we we threw that was explicitly sort of um, uh, you know not not branded OpenStack or not meant to be OpenStack dominant, which was the uh, Still open love dev. that t-shirt. It was a great t-shirt. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> it was called Open Dev and we've had three of them now. And um and you know I think that wasn't that wasn't sort of an experiment, which I, I can believe was successful in, in terms of getting bringing people together and saying this isn't just a hundred percent open stack oriented discussion. So I mean I, I think it's a it's a transition period and you know, as a foundation, um, we are trying to focus on the the problem that's being solved without presupposing that that um, you know. I guess, as the old saying goes, if you're a hammer, everything looks like a nail. So we're we're trying to to not approach problem solving with the idea that we're just trying to find problems for which OpenStack is potentially a solution. Right. Um, mm -hmm. But but you know, it's it it's it isn't sort of black and white and and i i think that our goal would be around edge computing to to look at holistically at the different types of edge computing and make sure that open source is um are, are there's an there's a variety of you know viable open source components that when integrated and put together can solve problems at the edge and and without a doubt i mean OpenStack is not going to be in all of those pieces and all those places so if we're if we're you know uh, moving in fits and starts and, and we're having success some months more than others, that's very possible. But I think our goal is to to think about it in terms of the the problem to be solved and and really try to get the users who are who have the problems to be solved to to have a very big voice and and not sort of um, start with a technology first. Um, so I, I guess I would say. You're the ideal you're describing. We still have. If we haven't gotten there yet, that that's quite possible. But I think we should keep keep heading in that direction. Yeah, I, it's hard. I mean, this this to me, 
you know, is is the fundamental dile- dilemma of of what I would consider a really strong open source community of any type um, is to be able to say we like the answers we have, <laughs> we know they're not perfect. We're going to welcome something that feels competitive anyway, um, and that just that takes really serious leadership. Um, it you know, and by leadership I don't mean you know you and Jonathan having to come and arm twist people. What I mean is individual people in individual meetings when something comes in, you know, and they and somebody says, wait, 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 I want to solve that with this OpenStack tool I have in my toolbox. Somebody can say, well, maybe there's some alternatives um, and not, not it doesn't become a fight. Um, and that's the only way you can handle that's on the ground at the moment. Um, and that's, yeah. that's, it's just hard. Yeah, that makes sense. It is hard. It is hard. I think, you know, generally, I, I, my, my biggest, um, I guess, reminder that I try to tell myself on a regular basis is like, keep looking at the bigger picture, what are the bigger trends and not, you know, just to make sure that we're, we don't have our blinders on. And and if you look at um, the, the obvious uh, threat AWS is to open source is it's been written about and people are actively like trying to have to design countermeasures to mm-hmm. um at the same time you know that they, they just announced the firecracker project which is you know um early and i don't know where it's going to go but i think it's that's, K- that's KVM, a kvm extension for people should read about it yeah i mean it, i i could try to describe it and i would still not <laughs> It, it, one of the, the if you look at their FAQ, that one of the first things they said is they want to integrate it with Kata. So, so to me, that's an example where here's this thing that we as a foundation have helped kind of get get up and running, which is this Kata project, and it's it's got people at Amazon saying, "Well, we're thinking of open sourcing a thing. Maybe we should talk to this community. Maybe we should plug them together." So, you know, that's a very tiny, I guess, you know. Um, a ray of light <laughs> but but if if we can start to see more uh, more of the big cloud providers looking at open source and the the ways in which we do open source ideally which is is certainly the most um i guess i, I keep wanting to say extreme but um you know the the most uh, uh most open i don't know I, I, it's not a contest but we we definitely do it in a in a, a, a way that's quite open um uh, yeah. you know, hopefully no, that'll be helpful in the long run as a trend. I, I think I think that you do it in a way that is very trusting. That members, op, people using the infrastructure in production, are going to invest back in the community. Um, that that's going to be my most positive spin on it. Versus, well, I love people, that. Okay, I, I appreciate that you. you. <laughs> <laughs> well, I think it's a mix because I I find that the free free rider problem is a very serious problem, and that a lot of open source um, people creating open source technology, including what we do with RackN, we we found that we had to withhold parts of the value proposition um, mm-hmm. because they, you know, for various reasons. One of them is to provide a commercial motivation. Um, uh, for for this, and so there's there's an element of of people in your community have to invest in your community, and they have to invest dollars in people who are contributing to it commercially. Yeah. So yeah, it's, it's hard. Just it's, there's one, no easy answer. I one thing I just wanted to throw out real quick 
because I know we're running out of time, but I, I, you asked earlier about open infrastructure and how that relates back to the bigger picture in terms of what's going on at the, at the big cloud providers. And I think actually I missed an opportunity to just say clearly, like one of the things we want to do is to enable people who are enamored with all these higher level tools, whether it's Kubernetes or, or TensorFlow or whatever, to be able to run that same thing in a fully open source stack inside of infrastructure that's that's running, you know, top to bottom open source. And so, you know, that that I think is is an attempt to be part of the solution to this problem that more and more people are becoming aware of, which is that the, the, this turning everything into a proprietary service is kind of, you know, ultimately defeating to the long term mission of open source and the sustainability of communities. So. So I, I hope that people that really value the fact that there's open source at a higher level, whether it's con container services or, or AI, machine learning, et cetera, you know, see that the importance of being able to run the full stack. So if you want to run Fargate equivalent on your data center, whether it's public or private cloud, you can do that with OpenStack today, um, at, plus a bunch of other components. So being part of, a, of the ability to sort of not be uh, not be stuck or to be able to run a fully open source solution that that is equivalent to to what you might be get kind of seduced into to adopting inside of these public clouds, which are obviously like providing a lot of value or people wouldn't be going there. I think that's that's part of what we mean by open infrastructure and and what we're we're hoping to to be able to deliver uh, as you know be a part of a, of a of an effort to deliver that. Uh, that's what gets me excited about what, what you're talking about. And I think what we need is we need to be able to figure out how to put these pieces together um, and improve yeah, the utility yeah. of the stack. Um, yes, absolutely. And so I, I think, I think that's good. I, 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 I liked the shift um, when it was proposed. I, um, I know it's hard. So, um, and you know, the way I, I voice hard is when, when things are hard is I, I raise flags. Um, so Part of part of my personality, I think you've, you're valuable, and you, you've been a big part of all the success in history that of where we got to today with OpenStack. So you've been super involved from many many years. So thank you for all that as well. My pleasure. I'm I'm proud of the work we did. I you know I I feel like we built a lot uh, as as a community, and I think that's good. Um, so it's it's been a long time. I I, I want it to continue. <laughs> that is important. So, um, Mark, thank you. I, I I feel like we've we've really sort of had a discussion around a lot of the key things that to me are people should be thinking about from an OpenStack perspective. We certainly didn't put on the sales hat, which I I also appreciate. Um, so thank you. Where do people find out about you and about OpenStack and open infrastructure? Yeah, so um, you can find me on Twitter at uh, Sparky Collier, um, or you can email me, mark at openstack.org. Um, openstack.org is also our website and the summit, openstack.org slash summit. So, um, and you can always go into the Googles and find most of our stuff, but um, hopefully be able to, to, to meet a lot more people at our next summit in Denver. And I know uh, call for papers for the summit is ends in uh, late July or sorry, not July, January, <laughs> one of those J months. Yeah, <laughs> yes, it does. And uh, if you're an OpenStack member, um, voting for new community elected board members is starting 
pretty soon, right? Yeah, that that is all happening in January. I don't have the exact dates off the top of my head, but um, if you're a member of the foundation, you'll uh, you'll be getting emails uh, reminding you to vote. And uh, I believe the the nominations, um, if they, I believe they've closed. If not, they're closing imminently uh, for for the members, uh, you know, candidates um, that are going to be running. But that's on the website as well. Definitely, if if you are are a member, exercise your vote collaborate if if you're not collaborating other ways it's always important to help elect leadership um because that's what's yeah. going to keep the pro- project uh vibrant and there's but some there's some longer. great people there there's some really great people on that list oh they're all great there's some i have i have some fan favorites <laughs> all right with that mark thank you very much i appreciate the time thank you